Welcome to the So Powerful Podcast. This is your host, Jan Cancilla. You know the sound of my sewing machine means it's time for another episode. So let's get started. Today you are going to meet Doug Kirby. Doug is the husband of our CFO slash HR director, Sue Kirby. So we're going to hear about So Powerful from the perspective of another spouse. You heard from my husband, Chris, a few weeks ago. Doug Kirby is a fascinating individual, devoted husband and grandfather whose unusual background benefits So Powerful. So sit back and let's get to know Doug Kirby. Hi, Doug. How are you today? Hi, Jan. I'm doing well. Thank you. Oh, great. And where are we speaking to you from? Where are you located? I'm located in Oregon. Okay. In a small uh, rural farming community called Bonanza, Oregon. What a fantastic name, Bonanza, Oregon. And for our international listeners, Oregon is on the the West Coast, on the Pacific Ocean, but you're inland from, from the coast. Is that right? Yeah, I'm inland about uh, maybe 200 miles. Okay. All yeah, right. kind of. We are in uh, what's called the south central part of Oregon. Okay. And if I look out my window here, actually, I can see uh, California. So really? we're real close to the state line. Oh, nice. Very nice. And where are you from originally, Doug? Well, I'm from the other end of Oregon, the other end of the state, uh, in the northeast section. Um, again, a small rural community up there. Uh, Sue and I both have uh, that background that we share. Uh, this, by the way, is um, we live um, we live on a piece of land that we purchased from her dad back in the '90s, and this is where we decided to build um, kind of our retirement uh, retirement life. All yeah. right. So, uh, yeah, so I, I live um, or grew up in the northeast section of the state. Well, I've been to Oregon once many years ago. I think it was uh, Portland was where I, I was. But what is the terrain like where you are? What is it? Hilly, mountainous? What, well, how here would you... it's um, what's considered the high desert. Oh. Yeah, Oregon's kind of divided into half on the west side is the wet side of the state with uh, a lot of rainfall throughout the year. And on the, on the east side where we uh, live is um, the, the dry side of the state, except for if you get in the mountainous communities, um, you know, then of course uh, we get a lot of snow in the mountains. Where we are in particular though is, um, is, in, the, is in the dry, um, the dry desert area. Hmm. So again, if I look out the window, well, we've got sagebrush and juniper trees and uh, mountains here and there that are, um, don't have too many pine trees, but um, yeah, it's a, it's a dry, it's a dry part of the country. We only get maybe, um, we only get maybe 10 or 12 inches of rain here annually. Oh my goodness. Um, I live in Houston. We had 12 inches of rain last week. So oh. 
<laughs> yeah, we, we, we sort of overdid it, but anyway. Um, okay, so um, tell us a little bit about your life growing up, your family and, and maybe siblings, or, um, and then maybe uh, your, your college days. Well, um, I grew up in uh, La Grande, Oregon, community of about 10,000. Again, farming, ranching community. Um, my parents, um, my parents um, lived there, I think all their life, actually, <laughs> after they got married. Uh, my dad, was, well, they were both raised in there. They, yeah, they grew up uh, locally there. And haven't thought about that for a while. Yeah. But yeah, they, they were local uh, there in that part of the state. And um, I have uh, three siblings. I have two sisters. One has passed away now, mm -hmm. but I have, uh, and I also have a brother. Uh, I'm kind of the middle child. Uh, so you know what, you know, being a middle child, uh, you just kind of occupy some space in the middle, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so um, we had a, we had kind of a, a, a middle of the road, you know, um, life. It was a good life. Um, my high school was about 600 students. Um, I enjoyed athletics a lot uh, in school, uh, especially in high school. So, um, and I proceeded after high school, went to college to play basketball. Oh, really? And um, so anyway, that was a big part of um, my growing up was, was sports and athletics. Uh, where I did grow up though, um, my grandpa had a, had a cattle ranch. And um, he was a very special guy and took, uh, uh, took me about anywhere he went. Um, when I wasn't in school or uh, during the summer, I practically lived with him. And um, so anyway, I had a lot of experience working on the farm, um, you know, haying and in the wintertime feeding cattle and, and that sort of thing. Um, the area is gorgeous. Um, where I lived is a valley um, and with mountains surrounded by mountains. One side of it are the high mountains um, and some that area is kind of known as the Swiss Alps of Oregon. Oh, really? And uh, so there are high mountains there with high lakes and alpine areas. And so I spent a lot of my time outside. I loved to fish and hunt as this did my dad. And uh, later on, as I grew up a little bit, I loved to hike. Um, my dad had some horses and we used to pack in to some of those remote areas. And uh, in fact, uh, right after I got married to Sue, which was a long time ago, 52 years ago now, <laughs> But right after we got married, we um, I took her on a on a horse um, on a horse trip back in the mountains, and we we backpacked in in there. Yeah, so a lot of outdoor activities uh, up where I grew up. So you took her into the remote mountains, and she stuck with you, huh? She did. Yeah, that's, that's a miracle. <laughs> so so when or how did you meet Sue? I met her at college. Oh. So I went, um, like I said, to, um, to a college um, to play basketball. It was called Linfield College in Oregon, kind of a, a small parochial school. 
Um, she made the same selection, went to college. We met in our freshman year and, um, you know, crazy us, uh, fell in love and we ended up getting married the spring of the next year. So we got married young. We were 19 years old and, um, we have been able to spend 50 some years together here. And, uh, just, um, I'm, I'm grateful that we, um, we had a good, we, we had a good, good life. We raised four kids. Okay. And, um, and you have grandchildren also, right? Yeah, that's turned into a few grandchildren. We have uh, 15 grandchildren right now. Oh my goodness. In August, we're going to have another one. And in July, our oldest granddaughter is pregnant. And so she will have a baby in July. So we become great grandparents in July. Wow, that's fantastic. And I understand you took the grandchildren on a trip very recently. Tell us about that. Uh, I did, Jan. Um, there's a, a site back in Kentucky, and it's called the Creation Museum. And uh, so there's, there's two venues there, the Creation Museum and uh, the Ark Encounter. And uh, the Creation Museum is all about creation science. And they teach, teach the, the biblical uh, viewpoint of creation and origin of who we are and where we came from and, you know, the whole story of the Bible. Mm -hmm. The Ark Encounter is a life-size replica of the Noah's Ark. Wow. And it is an amazing thing to, to be in. I mean, it's like a football and a half uh, field long. You know, I think it's 50 yards wide and it's like six or seven stories high. And it's supposed to be the, you know, a replica size-wise of what the arc, arc was. So anyway, um, yes, I took, um, I took some of my grandkids and um, my two boys and their families. And I took them back there uh, and we spent five days uh, we that was travel time included, but we flew back there. Uh, it's around, it's in Kentucky next real close to, uh, Cincinnati, Cincinnati, the Ohio line there. Mm -hmm. But, um, that was an educational trip that was just remarkable. And we, I have, um, grandkids that went with me from age 17, all the way down to age two. Wow. And, um, you know, just to see the, uh, them so interested and engaged in uh, everything there was was really rewarding for me. So that was a kind of a trip of a lifetime. And uh, it was so good that uh, they're even talking about, well, let's do it again, Pop. So, wow. <laughs> we've got a few more grandkids maybe we could include on the next trip. But wow. Really yeah. That you'll, you'll have to get a, a, a bus or something, the, yeah. the, Kirby, the Kirby bus. Wow. Yeah. And, and uh, so it sounds like that that was a, a big hit with the grandkids. It was very much. Um, so, OK, let's let's back up a, a little bit. Um, tell us after college, um, what line of work were you in? What, what did you do for a living? Well, I'm kind of um, always have been a kind of an entrepreneurial type. And so 
I went to college and I got a degree in business administration and economics. And um, so I went to work. Um, I went to work for a new startup company uh, back. Um, I was trying to think of when that would have been. That would have been in the early 70s, 1970s. And um, it was in conjunction with, this is an interesting part of this, it's in conjunction with Sue's dad, mm -hmm. who had a working cattle ranch down in Southern Oregon, uh, part of the place that we purchased to build on here. But he's, he's gone, he's passed on now. But he was kind of an entrepreneurial type too. And so um, he put together... Um, 10 or 12 different ranchers and farmers uh, who produce their beef, pork, and lamb and to sell direct to the consumer. Hmm. And so he put that organization together and the funding, these uh, 10 or 12 families funded this. And they hired me since I was uh, fresh out of college and looking for a job um, they hired me to, to, uh, to run it and get it started. And so that was the first of, uh, kind of my entrepreneurial experiences, um, there. And then that kind of led in, led into others, but we ran that and, um, it would be much like, um, much like, uh, some of the products today that you could buy that are hormone free, chemical free you know, the, the real healthy side of things. And mm -hmm. that was just back in the very, very beginning when people were starting to think about those things, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. uh, well, what has this beef cow <laughs> eaten here and what am <laughs> I going to put in my body? But um, anyway, we were early and uh, we, it was a big undertaking. Uh, it was a pretty big investment um the um it lasted about three and a half years and um we just we were too early for the market yeah. and so that um that launch that startup um uh didn't sustain itself and and so after about three and a half years we we had to close it up but, but that um, gave you a, a taste for being an entrepreneur i take it Yep, that's part of the part of the game. <laughs> yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah. So um, you've had a, a number of entrepreneurial um, experiences, and you're retired now. I take it, right? Yes, I am. And and so you and Sue live on a beautiful ranch in Bonanza, Oregon. I just love saying Bonanza, Oregon. Yeah. <laughs> so. Are, are, do you call on your background with your grandfather and your experience as a youth as you as you work the ranch that you have now? Yeah, I'm not sure that I heard all of that. I'm sorry, Jan. Oh, okay. Um, do you call on the experience you had in your youth working with your grandfather on his ranch as you operate the ranch where Sue and you live right now? Oh, yeah, thanks. I do. Yeah um the you know some of the same yeah you know there are the skills that you learn and you know how to uh, fix fences <laughs> how to uh how to um 
how to hay, harvest the grass, you know, how to, how to uh, take care of the animals that are out there on pasture, um, how to operate a tractor. And this morning I was out on my tractor moving some rocks and dirt out of the way to, to do some things. Um, yeah, all those skills, you know, you, you learn on the, on the farm. On the and, farm. Uh, and they're, they're so still they, applicable today. That's right. They yeah. do carry, carry over. Yeah. Well, why don't we take a quick break, Doug? And when we come back, I want to talk to you about the work that you do for So Powerful, the trip that you've made to Zambia, and just your perspective on uh, what So Powerful is all about. So listeners, please stay tuned. We'll be back in one minute. Have you gotten the second edition of the We Are So Powerful book? This updated version of the original bestseller, 4.9 out of 5 stars, by the way, is again authored by So Powerful co-founders Jason and Cinnamon Miles. It is available on Amazon in paperback or for your Kindle reader. This latest edition is packed full of moving stories about how So Powerful came to be, the volunteers who make it happen, and the way this small movement has grown into a global mission to break the cycle of poverty through education and the dignity of work. And don't forget, when you place your order, if you use smile.amazon.com and designate So Powerful as your preferred charity, Amazon will donate a portion of your purchase right back to So Powerful. And now back to our podcast. Welcome back. We have been speaking with Doug Kirby. Doug is the husband of Sue Kirby, our CFO and, and HR director. And Doug has been sharing his very interesting background. Um, and he's a, a native Oregonian. What is that? Am I saying that right? Yeah, native Oregonian. Oregonian. Okay. And um, but but uh, Doug has ventured out. Um, you took a trip. Did you take more than one or one trip to Zambia? How many times have you been to Zambia with So Powerful? Yeah, one trip so far. Yeah, mm -hmm. we took one trip together. And I think that was in 2019. It was about, it was two years ago, I believe. Okay. And um, so when, what were your impressions? What Was it different than you expected? Tell us a little bit about the trip from your perspective. Well, um, yeah. It was, it was different. Um, you know, the uh, So Powerful is engaged with um, the, the Needs Care School in, in um, Nambe Province. Nambe Province is a very, very, very poor um, uh, part of the capital of Zambia, Lusaka. So um, I think one of the things that struck me most was uh, one of the things that struck me most was the kids. Mm. We arrived on Sunday and um, from our trip and from our flight over there. Um, and it was kind of a two-stop, a one-stop thing. We stopped in Dubai on the way over there as, as well as on the way back as kind of a resting point, an overnight resting point. And then we flew, flew on to Zambia. So... Um, Anyway, we got there on Sunday, we rested a little bit on Monday morning, 
we headed out to Nambe province, where the, out to the school. And one of the things that struck me most are the kids. You know, as poor as that area is, and I don't know if I can do an accurate job of describing it, but, you know, dirt streets and open sewer and um, huts, you know, concrete huts where people live, which uh, many of them don't have any windows or door on them. They just kind of hang a blanket or something up. Um, I mean, it's a, it's a very poor neighborhood. But we pulled up to that school, and I'll tell you what, those kids were expecting us, but they just kind of swarmed our little mini bus that we used for the week to travel around. And as we stepped out, um, those, yeah, those little kids, they just, you would never know because of the smiles and the laughter and the greeting <laughs> that they, you know, welcoming us with, you would never know that this was right in the heart of that just, you know, terrible location. Um, and we experienced that throughout the week. Mm -hmm. uh, when we were at the school, those little kids, they had the most beautiful smiles. And uh, sometimes not so much in the school, but out on the street, those kids, they'd smile, they'd wave. And, you know, they were just kind of dirty uh, just because, you know, they don't have the sanitation that, you know, that, that we have by far. And um, they were just as happy as could be, those kids. And for me, um, that was really my first exposure to anything like that. And so it was really, for me, a heart-rending, you know, experience. And uh, yeah, it's, um, it, that was the most impactful thing, I think, when I, went, when I went on that trip. Now, I've seen a photo of you and Sue and a young girl from the school, and she has a purse, and I believe it's the purse that Sue made, is that right? I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. So were you there for the purse distribution when the girls got the purses? I did. I was. Yeah. yeah. Can yeah. you, can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, there were, um, I may have this number wrong, but there were probably, um, 75 girls. Mm -hmm. Um, so they all came into this room and, uh, they all came into this room and there were wooden, uh, kind of like chairs and pews, you know, wooden pews, the benches they'd sit on. So they filed in there, you know, and, um, you know, preteen, teen girls, uh, just kind of a little bit noisy, as you'd expect. Uh, but they, uh, they came in there, they all had a, had a seat, and then they were, um, I'm getting ahead a little bit here, but Esther, who is the coordinator of the school and, um, and so powerful, on the ground operation over there, you know, she kind of gave them a little presentation and, and, uh, and she's so good at that. And the girls, they were, they were just so interested and so engaged with her. And then, so after, uh, anyway, I'd call kind of a warm up, you know, welcome and we're here to help you, you know, uh, I couldn't understand the language, to be honest with you, but they could understand, um, they could understand English. And so after Esther was done, though, then um, they were called up individually 
you know, to come up and all these purses were put on the tables and um, for them to select from. And so they got to select their own purse. And so they'd come up and they'd look and they'd choose one and uh, pick it up and, you know, they'd put it on, they'd put it on and uh, then we took their picture. And I think the picture you're referring to is um, one of those moments when one of the girls came up, picked that, uh, selected that purse, and um, Sue and I both were were there, um, and uh, and had our picture taken with her. Yeah. Well, well, you know, those of us that make purses always think about and pray about the girl who's going to get our purse with the hopes that it's going to make her life better and, and give her a chance to complete her education. But how exciting to be able to match your exact purse with the actual girl whose life is going to be changed. That just yeah. is amazing. Yeah. As part of that trip, and, and I might be throwing you for her, you know, I, I didn't tell you I was going to ask you this, but as part of that trip, did you get to go out to the Three Esters farm? I did. Yes. Oh, and, and so now it's it's probably changed a lot in the last couple of years, but describe what you saw um, in 2019 at the Three Esters Farm. Okay, um, it's 10 acres, it's fenced, and um, uh, it's fenced, it's all fenced. Um, there's a, um, it's cultivated with, with different things, and I can't remember everything that's planted there but they had um, different vegetables planted in rows. And uh, we were, had the opportunity to, to plant some banana trees. Mm -hmm. And um, so we, we spent about a half a day, I believe out on the farm, uh, just getting to know, you know, the operation and you know, what they do. The purpose of that farm, by the way, is to feed these, feed these kids right. in the school. So at least they would get something to eat um, that's kind of another story, but uh, that's the purpose of the farm. And anyway, this year, uh, this year, those banana trees have, um, have, um, you know, grown fruit, grown bananas. And so this was the first year, and that's two years ago, two years ago when we planted those, or some of them, you know, we didn't plant them all, but we planted some of them. And the first year that they harvested bananas, and you may have seen some pictures of those kids sitting in the classroom with a banana. And uh, yeah, so I think about um, I think about that. Um, the caretaker has a uh, there's a caretaker of the place, and um, they have a place, uh, a real modest place to live right there on the property, which is important um, um, because. Um, sometimes, and that's why the place has a fence around it, uh, is to, um, you know, is to keep the bad, bad guys out, if you would. Um, it's out and in the, the country. And the goats, and, I understand the goats ate uh, some of the crop uh, before the true. fence was, <laughs> was in place. That's true. Um, that. Now, Doug, you serve on the Farm Advisory Council for So Powerful, um, can you tell us a little bit about that and, and sort of uh, relate your, your experiences on the trip and maybe your background in ranching to, to how you assist so powerful with this work? Well, I can say that um, um, I can say that uh, I'm one of um, a few that have come together to kind of brainstorm 
and get an idea of how best we could, that farm could be used and um, to accomplish the objective of feeding these kids at the school. So um, one of the things I think that um, we're learning, and it's not so much a surprise, it's just being able to say, okay, things are different there. And the way we do things here are different than the way they do things there. And so um, it's a lot of that discussion, well, what will that land grow? Um, whether it's vegetables, whether it's fruit. Um, uh, Esther had um, grown chickens out there in a building that was constructed just for chickens. And that was a success. Um, and so just discussing our, how well did that go? You know, is that something that we should repeat? Um, and so it's just a discussion of what might work, what might work best. Um, we have currently, and you may know this, if you're watching some of the videos and stuff, uh, information uh, that Jason and Cinnamon put out, but um, uh, we have um, recently drilled a well over there uh, for more water and uh, so we can grow more. And uh, so we meet uh, regularly um, and just discuss some of the big ideas and then uh, kind of work those around. And, and Jason is, and David Dahl, who's the owner of, of that, he and his wife is the owner of the, of the farm but they work uh, in conjunction with Jason and Cinnamon and was so powerful. And so um, it's just kind of a high level, um, you know, uh, get together of, um, hey, what might work over there? Mm -hmm. Oh, we've tried that. That's not quite well, good. And, but um, let's explore this option, et cetera. Well, that, that, that sounds sense? cool. So Doug, I, I know that you're very supportive of uh, Sue and the work that she does for so powerful in the time that she spends on so powerful as as is my poor husband. So, what advice or, or uh, recommendations would you give to other spouses whose whose wives are involved with so powerful? How how can a spouse help so powerful? Well, um, you know, Sue and I retired about the same time, and we were in our mid sixties. So that was about, yeah, that was a few years ago. So one thing we decided for the both of us is that we didn't wanna sit around and get old too fast. <laughs> so we discussed, well, what can we do? And each of us kind of started to explore, you know, different things for ourselves and uh, whatnot. Sue happened to run into um, So Powerful, I think, searching online, and one thing kind of led to another. Well, what I've seen, and well, my objective was uh, I wanted to support her in her retirement. And um, all of our kids and grandkids live elsewhere, uh, kind of a common phenomena today. <laughs> but mm -hmm. um, so we are here, and um, so we don't have those grandkids to love on all the time and play with. So, um, you know, we, we have some time and attention and uh, resources. Maybe we can get involved in something and, and make a difference. 
Well, my objective was to support Sue and whatever she might find. And uh, so one thing led to another and she discovered so powerful, talked with Jason, talked with Cinnamon, um, started doing one thing after another. And I just saw how much she um, enjoyed it. And so my thought was, well, I need to support her. And um, just, you know, given, giving her, um, you know, positive input about, yeah, this sounds like something you'd really enjoy. And uh, so for any, any other husbands, maybe, uh, you know, of purse makers or people that are considering uh, getting involved with So Powerful, my experience has been good. The organization is really, really, really good, um, you know, from top to bottom, I might say. But I'm a supporter. I think it's a good place for Sue to invest her time. And, um, you know, kind of a bonus for me, um, but kind of a bonus for me is that on, I've kind of had a chance to, you know, look at myself, well, what is, is there anything I can do to contribute? And so I'm kind of hanging around, you know, and once in a while, I'll, uh, well, Sue and I talk about it a lot. Um, that was what, one reason that I went to Zambia along with Sue was just to uh, see, well, what is it you're getting involved in here? And uh, once I saw how authentic that, uh, that work so powerful is, um, you know, I came home and uh, really just kind of decided, hey, this is something that I need to be positive about. I need to support Sue with. And um, so anyway, all is good. And I think she's made an excellent, excellent choice of what something she can really invest herself in here for the next, you know, stage of life, however long that lasts. And uh, we will, uh, yeah, we just, I just expect her to, to keep going with it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Doug, I want to thank you so much for your time today. It's been a pleasure to get to know you. And, um, you know, of course, I, I know Sue pretty well, and she mentions your name all the time. And I figured you were going to be a pretty good guy, and obviously you are. So <laughs> thank, thank you for being on the So Powerful podcast. This has been fun. Well, thank you, Jan. I enjoyed it. Okay. All right. Well, hopefully I'll get to talk to you in person at some point. So yeah, have a good day. Nice. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. If what you've heard today inspires you to want to make a difference, I urge you to explore the So Powerful website at www.sopowerful.org. That's S-E-W-P-O-W-E-R-F-U-L dot O-R-G. The website has great information about the organization. It's where you can download the free purse patterns or even make a donation. We hope you will join us again next week when we bring you another So Powerful story. Thanks for listening. Now, go out and have a So Powerful day. <laughs>